0: Scripture reading this morning will be from Ephesians chapter six verses ten through thirteen. Ephesians six, ten through thirteen. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Please be seated. You you may not be aware of this, but you have already been singing together uh, this morning, you have, you have already been singing the lesson. You probably have done a better job of singing the lesson than what I'm going to do of preaching it. So, somebody has said we, we sing a better faith than the one we live. Think about that. You've been singing this morning, soldiers of Christ, arise. You've been singing about how Temptations lose their power when the Lord is near. And about how the battle belongs to the Lord. And when you go to work or you go to school tomorrow, you're going to face some serious battles. And you need to live your life the way you've been singing these songs. I'm afraid that there are people in serious spiritual jeopardy. They're in danger. And they don't even know that they're in danger because there's a war going on and they're oblivious to it. They don't even know it. They, they have a, a false sense of security because they can't see the enemy. They don't understand how dangerous he is or how much uh, he wants to hurt you. I have two simple goals this morning. One is I want I want, I want to convince you that the battle is real, and, and that's hard because you can't you can't see it. You, you don't you don't see some of what's going on. It's a spiritual war. It's not a physical war. It's not it's not fought in the ways that physical warfare is waged. It, it's different. And I think because we can't see it it's hard for some people to believe it we'll, we'll start with Ephesians 6 and as we talk about the fact that we're engaged in a great struggle that's just one of the words that's used to describe the battle or the war in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 13 that might just read for us finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power uh, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. I hope that this is the first in a series of lessons on this, on this subject this morning. Obviously we're talking about the reality of the battle, but, but at some point we, we need to talk about the adversary. Uh, we, we need to talk about the one that we're fighting against and, and we're told that he is a schemer. He is a deceiver. We, we need to stand against the devil and we need to be a standing firm against the, the schemes that he uses to hurt us. We're reminded that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And then we're urged to put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. In this particular translation, in the New International Version, we're told our struggle is not against flesh and blood. The Holman Christian Standard Bible calls it our battle. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. English Standard Version in the and the New King James Version say we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Those words struggle or battle or wrestle. The Strong's Exhaustive Concordance says that the meaning of the word really in The original language is wrestle. It goes on to point out that the term is then transferred to the Christian struggle with the power of evil. It went so far to to kind of give this imagery. I'm talking about Strong's Concordance. It says it's a situation where your adversary knocks you off balance and pins you to the ground with his hand on your neck. Envision that. We're we're trying to live balanced lives. We're trying to live lives that are built on a solid foundation of who Jesus is and what he's done and the word that he's given us. Not just hearing, but putting his word into practice. And and we want to have that solid foundation, but we're in a battle with an adversary that wants to knock us off balance, that, that wants to pin us to the ground literally in, in in the meaning of the word with his hand around our neck and a lot of people are just kind of walking through life and they they don't even they're not even aware that there's a battle going on that there is an adversary we're in a struggle we're in a conflict in Galatians 5 verses 16 and 17 so i say live by the spirit in You will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. The sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. The Spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature, they are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. Again, as you look at some of the different translations, the NIV says that we're in a conflict. The English Standard Version, talking about the Spirit and the flesh says that these things are opposed to each other. The New King James says they are contrary to one another. The original Greek word means to lie opposite, to be adverse, to be contrary, to oppose, to withstand. The the word adversary is actually listed as one of the possible meanings. There there are things that that God wants in, in God's Spirit that that dwells in us. And, and we, we should want certain things as we're walking in step with the Spirit. But the flesh is in conflict with the Spirit. The flesh doesn't want what the Spirit wants. And, and the Spirit certainly doesn't want what the flesh wants. I, I, I'm confident that I'm talking to people who understand what we're saying and what we're reading this morning. That battle that goes on inside of us when we know what God wants and we know what we want. And we don't always want what God wants. And then there's a real battle about which way we're going to go. Are we going to do what God wants? And we know what God God wants is best for us. Are we going to do what we want? And we know so often when we do what we want, we hurt ourselves, we hurt other people. And then there's this inner conflict that is going on inside of us. This battle that we're talking about is real. I, I I can't even believe that there are folks that that would laugh about something. Uh, you know, you think about the devil and they they think it's just a joke. Haven't they Haven't they experienced what what I just tried to describe with the, the good you ought to do and you don't do it, and the evil that you know is evil and you do it anyway, and that constant tension that's going on inside of us? That's the battle. It's real. It's a struggle. It's a conflict. It's a war. Romans 7, 21 uh, 21 through 23, I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in, in my inner being, but I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Have, have you not experienced what he's talking about there? I, I want to do right. I, I think I'm talking to people this morning. You're here this morning. Because you're people who want to do right. I want to do what's right and, and and then evil is so close at hand. It just always seems to be so near. And we're trying to wage a faithful warfare. So we think about those three passages, this struggle or conflict or war. We're talking about a war that is more destructive than any other war that's ever been fought. It's a daily battle. You, you're you're going to fight it today. You wake up tomorrow, you're going to have to fight it again tomorrow. Every day this week, you're going to be facing some of the same challenges, some of the same uh, sinful opportunities, ha- uh, the habits that, that have become ingrained in your life, you're going to fight against those things. Temptation is, is seems to be ever-present, and you're going to battle against that. This war that we're talking about goes all the way back. It began in the Garden of Eden. It brought sin into the world. It caused man to be separated from the presence of God. It It is a battle that caused... Um, the first son to kill his own brother. It's a battle that caused the ancient world to be destroyed by a flood and the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to be burned to ashes when God rained down brimstone and fire on those two cities. But when we talk about the battle, it's it's that battle that caused Judas to sell his, his Savior for 30 pieces of silver to betray Jesus and then in despair to take his own life. That's part of the battle. It's what caused Peter to deny Jesus three times. Saying, I don't even know that man. See, we we, we can understand that, that that battle. You're going to face that battle tomorrow. You're going to face that battle in your lifetime. About whether or not you're going to identify with Christ and confess Christ. We can't look at Peter and say, Peter, he he lost the war. And think that we're not going to face the same situation, a moment of accountability, where we're either going to say, I stand with Jesus and I belong to him, or by our very lives, in the silence of our testimony, when we ought to speak up, we're going to say, I'm not with him. This battle is real. It brought Jesus from heaven to earth and eventually ended with Him being nailed to a cross. It caused many of God's people in the past and many today to wander from the truth. And it will cause many to be lost. This is a battle that continues day and night. See, what I'm saying is you, you you have to be careful about a false sense of security. Jesus overcomes in Matthew four, there are these three temptations, and yet the devil's gonna come back at an opportune time. And and there are times we have a, a great morning and then we mess up at night, or we have a great day, but then the next day we we stumble and we fall. It it, it is a continuous battle. It never lets up. It messes with the mind. It appeals to the flesh. It discourages even some of God's most faithful people. It's left a trail of destruction and devastation throughout history. An endless toll of compromised convictions. Destroyed marriages. Abused children. Addicted bodies. Tortured minds. Lost souls. When we turn on the evening news and we hear about violence, it's just a report on what's going on, the, the war that we're talking about, the marriages, and we meet together as a family and we hear about people and their marriages are crumbling. It's part of the spiritual war that we're talking about hear about the ugliness of what some people do to children. And how women are sometimes abused terribly in ways that are unthinkable. It's part of the war that we're talking about. The, The way that we think about the world. In the way the enemy sometimes changes the way that we think. See, the battleground is in the mind and for the heart. There are eternal implications. You know, I say there, there are those that are in danger because they don't they don't see the danger. They don't believe that there is a war. But there are others who know there's a war. They've lost so many battles that they don't think they can win the war. And, and so what we said is, to, to those who don't believe it, we want to say, listen, the battle is real. To those who know it's real, but, but they've failed so many times, we want you to know victory. Listen, victory is possible. What we said in Ephesians chapter 6 or what Paul said is, as we go back and look again at verse 13. He said, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day having done all to stand. And if you want to underline or highlight, there are words there, able to withstand. I know that we already understand what those words mean as they appear in the English version, but it's interesting that another meaning of that phrase in the original language is possible to resist. Failure. You say, well, I've failed so many times. Failure is not inevitable. God's Word is telling us that we are able to withstand. Tim, you, you don't understand how how powerful the inclination is to, to whatever the sinful behavior is. You you don't understand when that when that temptation comes over me, how, how irresistible it feels. And and I understand how irresistible. It feels, but the truth that God is telling us in His, in His Word is that you're able to withstand, that it is possible to resist. You don't have to keep failing. You can stand. That's the last word in that verse is stand. It includes the idea of holding up. There are people who have fallen so many times. And what God is saying to you this morning is that you don't have to fall again. You can stand. You don't have to give in. You can you can hold up. I I think there's a message the enemy doesn't want you to know. That you have a choice. That you can say no to sin. I, I understand this is part of the battle. You, you, you sometimes go so far down the road. You get, you get so close to the thing that's forbidden that you don't want to say no. But you can say no. And you can say yes to God. There are some things that we know are wrong and we want to do those things and we don't think we can say no to those things and there are some difficult things we don't always want to do and God wants us to do those things and we don't, we're not sure that we can and I want you to know this morning you can say no to sin and self and Satan. You can say yes to the will of God in your life. You can. It's not impossible to resist. I love that the Bible tells us the truth about the people we read about in the Bible. It tells us the the truth about people who fail and people who fall. It doesn't hide the sinful nature of their lives, but... Do you know that the Bible also tells us, not just of the sin in their lives, but the Bible tells us about their victories as well, that that there were those in the midst of the spiritual war that were victorious, they did the right thing. Joseph was able to withstand the sexual advances of his master's wife. He was able to say no to sin. And he was able to say yes to God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow down. They held up under the threats and the pressure of King Nebuchadnezzar. And they would not worship that golden image. He he threatened them. With some pretty terrifying threats. And yet they said no to sin. And they said yes to God. In in fact they said our God is able to deliver us. And and I I understand a lot of us would say yeah that's right. Our our God he's able to deliver us. But they took it a step beyond that. And they said even if he doesn't. We're still not going to give in. Even if God doesn't swoop in at the last minute and deliver us. We're not going to do the wrong thing here. We're going to be faithful to our God. That's possible. Gideon didn't give in to the, that inferiority complex that he had. Instead, he trusted in God that God could use him as one of Israel's judges. Even though he saw himself as one of the least. He believed that he could do great things with God working in his life. Timothy was able to to overcome that spirit of timidity, where where Paul tells him, he reminds him, ours isn't a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love and of power and of self discipline. And Timothy was able to overcome that and become an effective co worker along with the Apostle Paul. And there's so many other examples we could give. I want you to hear the words of He of Hebrews chapter 10. I'll start reading in verse 32. Remember those earlier uh, days after you had received the light, uh, when you stood your ground in the uh, in, in a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecutions. Other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with uh, those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you know. You yourselves have better and lasting possessions. They they stood their ground in the face of a great contest. And somebody might look at that and say, Tim, that that context is is different. It's not talking about temptation. It's talking about suffering and and persecution and, and hardship. I thought we were talking about the spiritual war. I thought we were talking about temptation. These are all just Different battles in the same war. Sometimes the devil uses temptation and when that doesn't work, he uses suffering. And when that doesn't work, he uses persecution or peer pressure or hardships or grief or discouragement. Don't get distracted because the attack looks different. This attack looks different than others. I want you to see that they stood their ground. That they were able to withstand and overcome. And again, I want you to know victory is possible. Here's what that means. It means you can make the right choice. When, when you're confronted. Listen, I, I don't know. Sometimes we use that term, besetting sin. I I don't know the the battle that is going on in your life. But you know. You know what it is. You've been there before. And, And when you face that again this week, you need to face it understanding that you can make the right choice, even if you haven't the last time. You can this time. When I say victory is possible, it means that when when you're tempted to sin, you don't have to give in. You can walk with the Lord. You can resist the strongest of temptations. You can control your mind, the lust of your flesh. You can walk in the light. You can be as... The Bible says you are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, our Lord. You can overcome. But here's the key. When I said you've already been singing, you you already have been singing the message this morning. Would you look back at verse 10? That's the key. Finally, my brethren, be strong. And some of you thinking, I've tried for years to be strong. No, you're, you're depending on the wrong strength. You're depending on your own strength, and that's why you keep failing. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I think that's the key that unlocks victory right there. For, for years, I, I believe that I've been correctly explaining to people how to get into the Lord, but I'm not sure that my preaching has equipped people to understand that they can be strong in the Lord. Here's how you get into the Lord, but then how do you live with the Lord and for the Lord the rest of your life? you got to depend on His power and on His might. And I think a lot of us are losing. You say, Tim, I have fought you don't even know how hard this has been. I've fought with all of my strength. And that's the problem. Because you keep fighting with all of your strength. And when you face the enemy. Armed with only your strength. You're going to lose. The strength. The three words strong, power, might, that's his strength and his power and his might. We're gonna look at David and the giant, and I understand that when David fought Goliath it's a it's a physical conflict, and we're talking about a spiritual war. But his mindset has to be our mindset if we're going to be victorious. His attitude towards that battle needs to be our attitude in the battles that we're fighting if we're going to win. In 1 Samuel 17, starting in verse 41, the Philistine moved forward and came near David with a shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David and disdained him for he was but a youth, uh, ruddy and handsome in appearance. The Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? He cursed David by his gods and, and, and he says, look, come, come to me. I'm going to give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. I, I want you to understand this morning that we're fighting an imposing enemy. Uh, again, look—we're we're moving from physical to spiritual. Uh, I understand that that Goliath is not the enemy that that we are fighting. We're, our 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 struggle is not against flesh and blood. But but I'm trying to paint a picture here. Here you've got a young man who wants to live for God. He wants he wants to honor God and all that he is and all that he does. And here is an imposing figure ridiculing God, defying God in the armies of God. And he's saying to this young man, today I'm going to tear you to pieces. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to absolutely, the, the audacity that you would think you could stand against me. And I think a lot of us are scared. And if you're going out to fight the enemy without God, you ought to be afraid. But David David wasn't afraid. Because <laughs> he wasn't going out to fight the giant by himself. There's faith in everything he says from here on. You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of Of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. David knew something that Goliath didn't know. Goliath made a big mistake. When you attack the people of God. You have to contend with God. He thought it was a small thing to defy the army of the living God but when he defied the armies of the living God, he was defying God. This day, you, you, notice, you notice that Goliath said, I, I, I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to give your flesh to the birds of the air. and I'm going to give it to the beasts. Of the... Listen, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. David says, the Lord... Will deliver you into my hand. And he'll, he'll say, I'm going to strike you down and cut off your head, but he understands all of that is going to be empowered and energized by God. I'll give the dead bodies of the hosts of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. This assembly is going to know that the Lord saves. Not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. David understood something very important. He understood that he couldn't face the giant with his own strength. That when he went into the battle, he wasn't depending on himself. He wasn't depending on expert training or superior weaponry. He He was depending entirely on God. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The Lord will deliver you into my hands. The Lord saves. The battle belongs to the Lord. When we talk about spiritual warfare, the the two things that we need to, to remember, number one is that the battle is real. Number two is that victory is possible. but it's only possible for people who are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I think some people here this morning this morning are tired. You haven't given up, but you're tired of fighting a losing battle. And I want to encourage you to try something different. I I want to encourage you to try what Paul commanded the Ephesians to do. I want to encourage you to follow the example that David set. Keep, Keep fighting. But stop depending so much on your own strength. And determine instead to be strong in the Lord. And in the power of His might. I don't know how to communicate as as clearly, as as strongly, as deeply as I want to that God wants something for you this morning. How much He wants you to experience victory in Jesus. I think sometimes that we, we think we want that. We don't want it near as much as He does. He really loves you. And he he has been a witness to all of these things that are going on in your life. All of these struggles, the, the conflict, the war, these battles that you've fought and in some cases lost. What he really wants for you is to experience victory through his son Jesus Christ. And if you want that, do you want that? If you want that, then why don't you come to his son this morning, confess your faith that he is the son of God, put him on in baptism, and live faithfully for him each day. If you want to do that, come as we stand and sing.